0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.TV. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking Royals baseball today on this Thursday, October 19th. It is Jeffrey Flanagan joining us, our MLB.com Royals reporter. Jeffrey, we thank you for the time. And what we're doing today is something that kind of kind of fascinates me. At the end of every baseball season, you look at uh, a team's rotation. At the end of a regular season, at the end of a 162 long games, and how that rotation changes from what it looked like coming out of spring training. There's always a lot of attrition, whether it's through uh, injuries or trades, guys that get demoted, promoted, or, or what have you. Always a lot of changes that take place, and I don't think the Royals were any different than most other ball clubs in uh, 2017 So, Jeffrey, kind of take us down this long and winding path uh, from what the Royals' rotation looked like at the start of the season to how it shaped up at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, you know, Dayton Moore has a famous saying, too, that when you go into spring training, you always have to have at least eight or nine viable candidates to be in the rotation. Like you mentioned, there's always going to be attrition. There's always going to be injuries. And uh, I, I think throughout the years he's been able to do that. I don't know if he was able to do it last year. Uh, they, they did have a bunch of injuries, you know, Ian Kennedy, Danny Duffy, uh, and, you know, Jason Vargas kind of wore down at the end of the year. And, and really they just ran out of bodies by, by the end of, uh, end of the season. Um, you know, they, they, they tried guys like Eric Scoglin. uh That didn't work out. Um, you know, they ended up going with a rookie, Jacob Junis, and, and he was fine. He was actually kind of a highlight in the second half. But uh, certainly the rotation for the Royals was not what they anticipated, coming out of spring training. Uh, Ian Kennedy had that bad hamstring injury in May, and I don't think he ever fully recovered from that. Um, he just uh, was not able to do that. Uh, you go back to spring training, and we thought maybe Travis Wood uh, might be a guy uh, that was going to be in the rotation. He ended up getting traded. Chris Young, who had been so great in 2015, and helped him win a world title. Um, he was a candidate, to, and he got some starts, and, and that didn't work out. So, yeah, there were a lot of changes. Uh, Danny Duffy got hurt, like I mentioned too, and uh, it was just by the end of the year, they were kind of holding that uh, that rotation together with with band aids and t- duct tape. So it uh, it wasn't a good situation.
0: You mentioned uh, Jason Vargas, and I think a lot of people uh, overlook this now, but at the start of the season. He was right up there with, uh, you know, Irvin Santana, another guy that kind of surprised people the way he started the year. Uh, Chris Sale, which didn't come as a surprise to most anybody with how we started uh, with the Red Sox this season. But I mean, it was those three guys who kind of were the consensus best pitchers in the American League for mm-hmm. about, you know, a month and a half, uh, two months. And uh, all three of those guys, as it would turn out, would kind of, you know, wear down at the end of the year. But, you know, Vargas, was uh, he was as good as anybody in the game for those first couple months. Uh, how do you assess his season overall? Because, as you said, he did wear down at the end of the year. The overall numbers, you know, still decent. He's still, The guy still won 18 games, a 4-1-6 ERA. Uh, when you look at the entire ball of wax, uh, how do you assess Vargas in 2017? Yeah,
1: I, I don't know if the Royals really thought that he would. They were kind of going into the season being prepared that, that, They would have to monitor his innings uh, coming off a year and a half from Tommy John surgery. And and what they got in the first half was beyond their wildest dreams. I mean, like you mentioned, he was one of the top pitchers in baseball. You know, I can remember that ERA being, you know, under 1.5 for most of May and June, um, April, May and June. And and he made his his first uh, All-Star game uh, in July. But there was a start right before the All-Star game at Seattle where we started to see, kind of a chink in the armor. Um, He had been so good, and Seattle lit him up, uh, uh, I think, four days before the All-Star game or maybe three days. And from that point on, uh, you just started to to sense that he was starting to wear down, like you mentioned. And for the next, oh, boy, you're talking July, August, and half of September, it was a struggle. I mean, his ERA was close to eight uh, during that span. And finally, though, uh, he finished – finished pretty strong. Three of his last four starts were really good. He, he, he started on the, the final game of the season trying to get that 19th win, which I think would have led all of Major League Baseball, and uh, got roughed up by Arizona. But all in all, uh, like you mentioned, the, the DRA a little bit over four. Uh, wins or losses really are pretty overrated as a starter, but he did get 18 wins, which means he hung around long enough in games to get those. And I, I think it was a, a positive step forward for him. Uh, in his career and he 's one of uh, one of the uh, four hundred uh, Royals free agents going in the off season <laughs> i 'm just exaggerating, but uh, he 's he's basically one of eight and uh, I think he 's positioned himself to get a decent deal uh, going forward and um, I think overall uh, a pretty good pretty solid season for
0: him no question uh, eighteen wins is nothing to ignore and uh, but when when a guy has those peaks and valleys, as you said, he started out so great really cratered the ERA, as you said, for a while near eight, then bounced back to finish the season pretty strong. Any concerns that there were some health issues or was it more mental or, you know, what, what was going on that caused, you know, such a discrepancy between, you know, the first three months of the season and, and the next, you know, month and a half to two months.
1: That's the big question. And, and, you know, I asked Jason that many, many times in the second half if uh, you know, he was feeling fatigue or anything is his velocity didn't dip a lot. Now, he's not a hard thrower. I mean, as you know, he's a, more of a change-up, you know, curveball, uh, two-seamer type of guy that, that would throw in the mid-80s. But, you know, he relied on a little bit of deception and a lot of uh, command. And I think just uh, maybe sometimes uh, when you do get fatigue, it shows up in your command more than anything. And uh, he just said he left too many balls out over the plate. Uh, when he got two strikes on guys, he couldn't finish them off. So there, there probably was a little bit of fatigue, and I, I kind of attribute that to, you know, coming back from Tommy John surgery. And uh, I think encouragingly for him, and he felt this way too, uh, that he did have a, a decent final, you know, three or four starts that uh, made him believe that you know he wasn't seriously hurt. It was just a little bit of fatigue. And he did pile up the innings. So uh, I think now that that season's under his belt. Um, I think he's looking forward. Uh, I think a team will certainly take a chance on him that he could be a reliable starter in the future.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's got the track record. Certainly he's been around a while and uh, he knows how to get it done. He's, you know, been there and done that. And I'm sure he's going to land somewhere and be a good, you know, mid to back rotation type of guy for a team in 2018. And uh, we'll see where he ends up. The other guy, Jeffrey, that you brought up, uh, a rookie, Jacob Junis, uh, 24 years of age this past season. Uh, nine and three made uh, 16 starts. Uh, the ERA doesn't jump off the page. It's it's 4.30. Like Vargas, uh, not a big strikeout guy. But again, you know, nine and three is nine and three. You can think however you want about wins and losses. It's a little overrated, uh, and compared to you know years past. But still, uh, some encouraging numbers there for uh, Junis across the board. Uh, what do you look for uh, from him going forward?
1: A, a, a lot. I really think that uh, going forward, he's going to end up, you know, being a mainstay in this rotation. Uh, he's a guy that they've kept an eye on for for a long time. You know, he does not have eye-popping stuff, but I remember legendary scout Art Stewart of the Royals telling me you know, two years ago, "Keep an eye on this kid uh, because when he's on, he is uh, he's got kind of Greg Maddox type of stuff where he's got a tremendous two-seamer, tremendous curveball." Uh, that's definitely an out pitch, um, and he, he throws in the, in the low 90s, 92, 93. Sometimes he can juice it up to 94, uh, but he, he just knows how to get hitters out. He's a smart kid. Um, I, I, think he, uh, I think going forward, I think he could be a number two or a number three, and, and some of the Royals officials don't even agree with me with that, but from what I've seen, uh, I, I really think he's got a bright future. Um, just a rookie last year. The ERA is a is a little deceiving because he had a couple of games in relief where he got lit up, and as you know, that that will jack up that ERA. Uh, but when he was a, he was definitely their most consistent starter as a rookie uh, down the stretch uh, when they needed a good game uh, and they were trying to hang on to the playoff race. He was the guy who came through consistently. So. Uh, definitely think he has a bright
0: future. Absolutely. And you mentioned, uh, you know, his stuff is certainly there. He's got the low to mid 90s fastball, got the tremendous uh, breaking stuff. Is there an expectation he could become a, a little bit more of a strikeout pitcher? He had uh, 80 Ks in 98 in a third innings. Uh, not great, but, you know, that, that's about average. Uh, but again, given his repertoire, given his stuff, is there something of an expectation that he could become more of a guy to get, uh, you know, bats to miss balls in the future?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. As uh, he gets more experienced, he gets even smarter knowing hitters. Uh, we, we saw at times where you know, he would have a seven or eight or nine strikeout game. I mean, he can do that. Um, that curveball, when it's on, it's, it's almost unhittable. Uh, we've seen that in stretches where he can do that. You know, Being a rookie, he was not able to, to harness that consistently. But uh, going forward, I, I think he could be a, basically a strikeout training type of guy. Um, and he's just going to get better. I think uh, he's going to get stronger. Like I said, more knowledge. Um, I, I'm really high on the guy. Probably more high than maybe even some of the uh, internal officials are.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, a lot to look forward to for uh, Junis in uh, 2018 and beyond. Is uh, like we said, his uh, his rookie presentation. Pretty good and uh, gives uh, fans some hope that uh, as the Royals embark on this kind of new era of baseball for 2018 Mm -hmm. and beyond that Junis is going to be a big part of that. Good place to wrap this one up. Jeffrey Flanagan, our thanks to you. We'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals.